0: saying that one wrong. <laughs> I can talk to you for hours and hours and hours. I can do this for hours and hours and
1: hours.
0: Yeah, no, we good. We good. <laughs> okay, okay. They're gonna answer us. <laughs> I mean, it's a good question to ask. It's a good I'll i just ask you, India. How hard how, how have you been? It's Sunday, so how was your week this past week? And you know, what were some lessons learned, some good things that happened? Tell us, tell us, tell us. We wanna know. We wanna know.
1: Well, I was in Utah this past week working at mm. headquarters. <laughs> um it, my week was actually good I it was really not so much reflective but um, Utah has a lot of uh, just a lot of things that I've left in the past mm-hmm. so it was a lot of like uh, reassuring myself.
0: You sent me that picture of Siberia. <laughs> I was like, Oh Lord, it's so, it's so beautiful. It is. It does look kind of scary though. It's oh, and it snowed more.
1: Mm. So, um, but yeah, it was just uh, it was it was chill. I I tend to stay in certain parts, mm-hmm. um, just because when I'm there, I don't want to see people. As bad as that sounds, mm-hmm. no, it doesn't um, sound bad. You know, when I do, and I'm there, I'm like, okay. The only exception is family. Yeah, yeah, really yeah, like brothers, aunts, and so uh yeah, other than that, it was
0: just it was pretty chill and cold. Cold, cold and well chill is the right word then. Exactly.
1: <laughs> and I was also very tired
0: too. Mm. So it was just I wanted to get I wanted to just get out of the way. I was very tired this week too. Yeah. I was very tired this week. I don't know what's going on. I don't know. I like as soon as I got done with work, I would be sitting like sitting down and be going to sleep. sleep yeah. But I'm like, yeah. wait. <laughs> Exactly. I, what is going on? It's only 8, 8 p.m. Girl, I woke up at eight p.m. Like this, I went to sleep at like five thirty. Wow. Yeah, woke up at eight, then went back to sleep. Do you think those because like well, I, yeah, you've now transitioned
1: working remotely,
0: right? Yeah, I um. So this was my first week on my new role. Okay, and but I had to get in their booties, the other people because they. Did, never got a backfill and then people were screaming at me you can't just leave and not and leave a gap I said listen I gave y'all four weeks that's y'all problem and me. then they then they like really, literally within an hour they got somebody they said hey he'll take this part over and it's not even my whole role it was this was not even this what I, my job this was a, an extra assignment so my bad it's supposed to be on you India do
1: y'all remember she
0: said I'm giving y'all four weeks. I said two weeks at that point. Oh, I was like two weeks. Two weeks. And they still bothering me. So I did get another person. So I've been trying to help him out, get up acclimated. But um, I told them I, I have, do not have the capacity to do three jobs. Mm. Okay. So it, it is what it is at this point. You guys are impacting my success in this new role. So we got to get something going. Yeah. So, but I mean, other than that, like, so it was busy in that way. Um, My new role, my managers are East Coast time. So usually I was getting up and working out in the morning, but then I started working out in the evening so that when I get up, you know, I take a little bit of time to myself and get online so that I can kind of make up that time difference. So um, this week for me just has been that. But it's not been as stressful as you might think with that. But like like we said, I, I don't know. I, I have been working out a lot um, but I've been just tired,
1: Yeah,
0: tired, but this weekend was great. Cause, um, like yesterday I slept a lot. I took, you know, took time to myself and then I actually worked out in the evening, stretched, meditated, got ready, went to bed, woke up really nicely Refreshed. this morning. Yes. So I think that that's going to be kind of my routine going forward is to kind of switch Stretch my workouts at, at the, e- the end of the day. It's, it's like everything. It is. It, it calms you and then so i do like a a workout stretch meditate
1: i tried something new where i did uh okay so you know i love asmr videos Mm -hmm, and uh i know i'm
0: a weirdo but it's okay we both are that's why we wildflowers I decided
1: to. I colored like, did a coloring book, and then I, while I was listening to ASMR, when I tell you, I was ah uh, so relaxing. Thirty minutes because my mind kept going. Yeah. And when you're traveling, there's so many things that you have to do. Yeah. Before, yeah.
0: And it was the night where
1: I was gonna fly out anyways. Mm-hmm. So it just I
0: was like I need to do something to calm me down. But I was mm-hmm. out. Like a light, hey, like a light, hey, like a light, slept through the flight, hey, <laughs> literally, literally. <laughs> well, that's, I, I think, so this week, too. Um I am almost done like 50 pages out of a new book that I picked up. It's the second book in a YA a young adult fantasy. And the first book I was like a little iffy about, but this book has been so like beautiful because it's just been a huge escape. Mm-hmm. Because it's like in another land. A like it, but in my own life. Listen, and that book you had me trying to read, that little that little So I- <laughs> they gave a disclaimer at the beginning. It gets so good. It does? Yes. I'll probably listen to it. I have the audio. There are some parts like you're just like, ooh. But honestly- But it's fantasy though, too. It's exactly. Mm And it's not as heavy as I thought it was going to be. Because it is YA, right? Yes. It's young adult. Yes. Young adult fantasies, especially the ones by Black authors- They hit. She put such a twist on it, too. Okay, I'm going to listen to it. what you think, what we're expecting is not, it was not at all what I... Okay, I'm going to listen to it. I'm going to listen to it. Because I've been reading uh, Legendborn, so the Bloodmarked is the second book in the Legendborn. And so, you you know, because, like, the first book in a fantasy series, there's a lot of world building. There's a lot of understanding the magic system, all that stuff. But then by the second book, you are in it. And it's like, oh... Oh my god! Like I've been like, oh my god! Like the whole time. So that has been a breath of fresh air for me. Um, And so I'll probably finish that tonight um, before I go to sleep. And um, yeah, that that made my week. Like my week wasn't too bad. You got some. uh, You read some escaping. I'm escaping. I'm I'm escaping, girl. I'm finally gonna finish.
1: I so I'm on my third book. uh, Quarter. Oh, a quarter thorn and roses. Yes, and I actually one of the people I that. With she actually just got venturing
0: the fourth, I still gotta read the first one, it's so good. So, I think
1: Sarah J. Moss, y'all, so good. Um, but I'm just gonna go ahead and go go to the fourth and fifth,
0: okay. I think I might pick that book up next, it's because it is Women's History Month, yes. So, I can read that. that. This book is perfect for that because that's what Legend One was really good for that, too. Um, what what is it? What is Tracy Dion? What is it based on? Um, So it's about a a black girl, Brie. She goes to this early college program and it's like a bunch of secret societies and she has this secret root magic from... So her... Like the king author mm-hmm. was, you know, raped the slave, and so now she has this pro. She has this power, this wow. root power. So like it, it is, it's intense. And like even just that is like so spotty, like my interpretation. But like once you get the first book and you get into it and you understand the magic system and the legend yeah. borns and like the scions and king author and all these, you know. Alleges and all these different things then you're just like oh my god Brie girl like then she's starting to figure herself out so it's like coming of age and then there's a bit of a love triangle that is like very beautiful like it's just so Oh, it is such a good book. The second one to me is better than the first one, but the first one, you know, like you said, a first book in a fantasy series kind of has to set the tone. Yes. And so after that, that's when it gets you get it into it. Up. Yeah, yeah. Well, in that skin of the sea,
1: there's also a second book of that too.
0: So I need to read Skin of the Sea. Skin of the Sea. Yeah. I need to read Skin of the Sea. Yeah. Because because <laughs> it's not So the thing is is that I read um look, Chloe Brown Get a Life Chloe Brown after I read Viola. And, and that was very, very like, light and it's romantic, like super cute book. And so then I was able to get into Legend Board. And I'm like, and so now I'm in this fictional space. Yeah. And I do have a few new releases that I really want to get to too. But I think what my vibe is, because you know I'm a vibey reader, it's all about what I feel for the mm-hmm. moment and what, need, what I need. I'm thinking Skin of the Sea, A Quarter Thorns and Roses. Okay. Mm-hmm. Finally, get into that first book, yeah, and then maybe we can talk about the first book, okay, in the a, in a, in a subsequent podcast. Let's do it, and then Skin of the Sea as well. Okay, guys, hold Stop. us to that. Yes, you guys, if you haven't, a lot of people have already read A Court of Thorns and Roses, the Sarah J. It's ass. so popular, it's very, very so. If you've already read that, tune in in the subsequent episode. Ooh, if you haven't. <laughs> Get like get like me and pick it up and 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 actually read it and then also skin of the sea yeah. So that's our, that's our reading for coming up. And I will do my part. Clink, cling, clink, clink. Ah. Okay
1: guys, so this week we wanted to uh of course take a break from Harlem and talk about uh something that we recently learned.
0: You, you, you recently learned it. And then you shared it with me and I was like, oh, this is gonna be. I think it's gonna be helpful. This is this episode. We can name it "On the Couch with India" mm. because I think it's I think it's a good. We're going deep, deep. I don't have no song for that. <laughs> I don't think we want to. I think that would be a okay. different type of deep, <laughs> Bro, I don't know if there's a song for that.
1: Um, Not for this. <laughs> but we're gonna talk about: Do you have a relationship bill of rights, and mm-hmm. if you don't? What is
0: that? Yeah, what is it? And how can you make one on your own? And what, why is it important? Absolutely. So I'm just gonna let you. I'm gonna let you go ahead and take the wheel and explain to us what a relationship builder rights is and how you use it, and you know maybe some of the things that are in yours, and we can kind of play off of each other from there.
1: Okay, I love it. So, guys, uh, I recently—well, I shouldn't say recently, but I do therapy um, every so often, about every two weeks. Um, just works with schedule wise and life and all the other things. And one of the things I was noticing is that I, I'm, I'm a very sensitive person. I'm really empathetic. So mm-hmm. I uh, feel a lot of things. I normally try to do my best to keep up some kind of, I wouldn't say a wall, but like a good distance with all a the boundaries. Yeah. Platonic, romantic, family, all the things work. And so I realized that there were certain parts to me that was um, becoming like immensely uh, overly emotional Mm. about certain things, or I didn't know how to approach certain things. And so that came up in therapy Mm -hmm. where I would be crying over Mm. things that, you know, it was like, not to say that you shouldn't cry, but it was like, my therapist is like, uh, do you have a relationship bill of rights? Mm. And I said, no. So she, we spent our whole session talking about that and her educating me. And she gifted me some beautiful documents to help me create some bill of rights on my own. So, uh, uh, number 1 let's define what a relationship of rights is. Um, we all have rights in relationships. Mm-hmm. Now, a good way to make sure that you're in a healthy relationship is paying attention and understanding what each other needs, mm-hmm. um, and communicating that information mm-hmm. to other people. And I feel like sometimes it's hard when you're in that relationship to set that that standard because mm-hmm. you don't want to com- come across as rude. <laughs> sometimes you feel guilty, but if you don't, it is it is like detrimental to your relationship. Mm-hmm. So uh, with that
0: it's kind of like the bill of rights right going back to you okay can we talk about the bill of rights because i'm just a bill on capitol hill that that's basically what i know i'm bad with the government stuff so like the bill of rights is basically well it ain't the it's not what is the bill (laughs) i'm like thou shall not kill (laughs) steal that's the 10 commandments um we
1: gotta
0: we gotta we we gotta go. Listen, neither one of us are history majors. So the entire Bill of Rights was really there
1: to protect the rights of us as citizens in the United States, um, believing that these are naturally things like, like freedom of uh religion, freedom of speech, press petition, assembly, privacy, uh equality before before the law. Um, so that that's essentially what there's there's uh 10 ratified amendments of the Bill of Rights. Um and it's just kind of ensuring us. Aside from, like, okay, the government can do things, right? What is we as citizens of the United States of America, what are we entitled to? I Mm -hmm. shouldn't say entitled, but like,
0: what are our boundaries? Natural laws for us, right?
1: Yeah. And it's a beautiful thing because that's, I think. Many times that's a lot of what uh, a lot of white people like America is because although we can be a little crazy, you can still come here and have freedom of
0: speech. Yeah. Have freedom, of yeah, freedom, yeah, freedom. Yeah, yeah, You know, and it's not you know it's not arbitrary. It's more of like, hey, this is what it is. Yes. And now there is still gray area there that people find, and you know we know we don't live in a perfect world. We are black women. We know it's not perfect out here, but it it it's very kind of cut and dry and very clear. So, Yes. So that, that makes sense. So it's really they have a total I think a total of twenty seven. Okay. The top ten are the Bill of Rights. Okay. 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 Um so with is back- that the constitution then? Yes. Oh <laughs> <laughs> Listen, okay, I just had to put it together. I I, I wasn't prepared, y'all. I'm sorry. Um, but I, I I think
1: it's interesting because that's what relationship building rights is based on. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say like entirely, but the concept.
0: The concept right? of it, yeah. Um
1: and so as an example, um every person has rights. Mm-hmm. And it's important that you don't infringe on other people's yeah. rights. And so to be to be very frank, I uh recently, I shouldn't say recently, but God I of a a, a toxic relationship and in that we were doing a reflection kind of conversation mm-hmm. about what what is it that I learned in that relationship
0: the, you and the therapist yes okay, about, about myself
1: mm-hmm. and one of the things we learned is that I did not have a. any boundaries mm-hmm. and so that it was that's what was kind of causing a lot of things to happen and it's easy to say oh girl well you should have boundaries you mm-hmm. should know no it's not that I didn't have any at all yeah. I did but the my therapist said the hardest thing is sticking to those boundaries mm-hmm. because as you especially as you stay longer in a relationship mm-hmm. or the more comfortable you are with people mm-hmm. you tend to naturally let that wall down mm-hmm. and so you have to remind yourself so i went as far as printing these out and keeping them around my house just so i could really remind myself and then also we talked about family stuff mm-hmm. and you know making sure that my bill of rights also abide by that like if i tell you I don't want to talk about something Mm -hmm. or I'm not in a place or I cannot do this because of my emotional state or whatever that may be, Mm -hmm. like it applies to the same thing. Friendships. Yeah. Um. So I'm going to just read y'all some examples of like, I have the right to be treated with respect. Of course, Mm -hmm. I have the right to say no and not feel guilty. I have the right to take time for myself. Mm -hmm. I have the right to feel safe. Mm. I have the right to change my mind. And so these are just small examples, but I do want to, I, I presented this to Stacy because I feel like, um, it, I think it's a, something that we have to remind ourselves and things that we should be doing regardless of whatever kind of relationship we're in mm-hmm. to make sure that we are protecting ourselves, our mental health, our emotional health, um, aside from just physical.
0: Yeah, and I think it's like there takes a lot of courage to create and um, sustain boundaries and to be able to have language to tell somebody yes. that you have crossed the line with me. And, and there's courage there, even in that, because you do risk you not having that person in your life because mm-hmm. it has to go that deep that, Hey, this is a boundary of mine. And if you can't abide by it, then you can't be here. yeah You can't experience my time. You can't experience my space. yeah And sometimes that's difficult because life is, is hard to do life by yourself. And I think a lot of people are afraid to Do it by themselves. So instead of you know creating boundaries and making sure that they're doing life with the right people, they keep the wrong people around in that crowd space for the right people to come, the right people can't come in if they even wanted to, because it does take a level of courage to be able to stand up and say, hey. I will be I will choose me before I put myself in a situation where I feel like I'm being disrespected or my boundaries are being disrespected. So that's kudos to you. It's kudos to anybody who um, can say, hey, these are the things and don't cross this line, because if you do then you don't have you you can't you can't be around me absolutely so that that I think is the hardest part that we know intellectually but sometimes in our hearts we don't we don't stick to it because we we either feel like we're in love with somebody or we feel like we need people in our lives. But what really is the case is that if we don't stick to them, we end up having dead weight yeah. in our lives, and you're not happy. And you're not happy, and you're not you're not you're not allowing yourself to have the space to bring in the right people for you. Yeah. So that's important.
1: I found myself like doing things or just kind of letting things happen, mm. especially in my romantic relationships. It was like normally India would never do this. So why are you allowing this right now? Like what's going on, even with friendships, mm-hmm. I like got to cut it, cut it people off. Yeah. Like I was allowing them to, to cross boundaries and it was hard because I was like, that's my girl, you know. And mm-hmm. like I really I love her so much and do anything for her, but it got to a point where it's just like, no, mm-hmm. you can't. There comes a time when you have to take care of yourself mm-hmm. because you are the well, right? You yeah. are your own well. Yeah. So if you're not taking care of yourself. You can't be what you need to be, not only for yourself, but to other people. Show mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. In life. So this really hit me. Yeah. And I think it's still something that I'm like like thinking about like, wow, what is my relationship of rights?
0: What, 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 what would be your top three? Like what would be some of the the non-negotiables when it comes to a bill of rights, when it comes to establishing boundaries in any type of relationship, like whether it be platonic or romantic?
1: My top three, mm-hmm. Um. number one, I'd probably say to be treated with respect, mm-hmm. you know, even how you talk to people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, and I know that's sometimes a given, but also, it's like, don't it, talk to me, certainly, mm, regardless of whoever you are. Mm-mm. Um, I would say my big, my second big thing is I have the right to take time for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's very important that you spend a lot of time with yourself mm-hmm. because, number one, that's how you get to know who you are, mm-hmm. but number two, you have to replenish your energy. Now, I know. We're not all introverts, extroverts, adverts, right? We're very similar people. But um when you tell a person, Hey, I need time to myself And they consistently want to be Mm. in this space for push and push and push. That's a big that's that's a red flag. Family, Mm -hmm. romantic, and friendships. Mm -hmm. Like hands down. It is what it is. Yeah, yeah. 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 I probably say the third is uh I have a right to say no and not feel guilty. I think sometimes it's hard for us to say no and keep like you were saying, like we feel so bad Mm or we have a problem with being like, I'm not doing that, you know, even if it's a simple as let's go here. Let's let's go to this party or let's do this. Mm -hmm. Um, Or I... No, the answer is no. No. No, And it has nothing like to do with you, but I... I don't I don't want to do those things yeah. and not feel guilty, especially in love. It's like sometimes we're willing to put ourselves out there and do things that we're not extremely comfortable with. Yeah. Because we're trying to keep this person happy. Yeah. Um, or if somebody calls you and wants to talk about something and you're like, I'm not doing that. I can't, I don't have
0: the capacity for it.
1: And and walking away from that, knowing that it's okay to not feel guilty about yeah. it. Like yeah. for the sake of your mental health. Yeah. So yeah, top those are my top two three, three. Respect taking time for myself and not feeling guilty saying no yeah but
0: But, yeah no okay I got I got my three but first before before I give you my three I want to say that that's kind of what our check-in is before this is that you know? Okay, where do you? Where are you?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, and and even when we talk about things, we before we get on the the podcast, we ask each other like, okay, what do you want to talk about today? Yeah. You know, because ultimately we both you know, we come here together to do the podcast, but we both live these different lives. We have different families, and we have you know different experiences. And some days we might not be up to doing the podcast, <laughs> but some. Some days we 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 are but it's like having that balance between hey this is something we commit to and we want to be each other's accountability partners and make sure we do it but then also making sure that we are taking care of ourselves and looking out after each other in the process yeah so i think that's a big reason why we like to check in before we do anything to see how each other is you you good you good <laughs> And for me, I think from a, a boundary, bill of rights standpoint, number one is definitely your same. number one is respect. Like, you know, I'm big on respect. I if I I've been in situations where I let people disrespect me, and what happens is there's so much resentment that builds up, and then the straw breaks the camel's back, and you be ready to go to jail, okay, and or die. Like you know, like it 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 gets to that point. You turn into a- you turn into another person, and then at the end of the day, like you end up like losing sight of your whole life. There's people that's locked up in jail because they didn't deal with things and they didn't demand a certain respect or they didn't walk away from people who kept taking and taking or you know they're in jail or dead right now so it's like beyond anything these boundaries are that important because if you allow someone to disrespect you if you allow someone to mistreat you over time it will affect the quality of your life period and I think the biggest one is respect that there has to be a level of respect between you and someone who you are allowing to be close to you. the closer you are. The closer, yep. And the proximity. Mm-hmm. It's so it's easy to say
1: that with somebody that's like, it's outside of that circle, mm-hmm. but it's harder to do that with people that are extreme, like.
0: Because you're vulnerable. Right next to you. You're vulnerable. Like the closer you get to someone, the more vulnerable you become. So the more important it is for you to know and understand how to respect. How do you talk to me? Mm-hmm. Like what things that, what things irk me? You know, do you keep doing them? Or are you going to be conscious of that? You know, are you able to have a respectful conversation with me without getting upset, vice versa? Yeah. You know, and so I think the biggest thing is like, even with, in relationships in general is just taking things easy and slow and getting to know people so that you slowly break down those walls. Because I think what, at least in my experience, is that um, the boundaries get difficult when you allow somebody in before you actually vet them out. Yep. Or
1: even set expectations, yeah. And I would—I should say harsh expectations, but just no, like,
0: just safe, like healthy expectations.
1: Yeah. And I think too, we don't realize how fragile our mental health. Is. Mm. Like it is, it's like it's like glass. It's mm-hmm. like you—we can easily break ourselves down. Other
0: uh, let other people, uh, let other people. Mm-hmm. and so and forget who we are. Yes, It's so easy to forget who you are. Yes, and S- conform to something that you really shouldn't be. Yep. And you know, like there's a I think it was a sermon, I think it was TDJ's a long time ago. And I'm not like a TDJ's fan or something like sometimes he does be having some good points. But I think he was talking about abuse. And so he broke abuse down as abnormal use. You know, Mm -hmm. so like even it doesn't abuse does not mean that somebody slapped you inside the face and cussed you out. Abuse means that somebody is treating you in a way that is not in alignment with what you are destined to be. Exactly. That's abuse, it's abusive. You know, and it doesn't necessarily need to be physical. That is mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually abusive. And a lot of us are in abusive relationships and we don't call it that because we don't look at it like that. So my number one, definitely respect, because I think it gets into all of that stuff. If you have a baseline respect for each other and you are understanding of, you know, what those people's boundaries are in terms of respect. Like, how do you how do I show India respect? how am I respectful to India how are is India respectful to Stacy I think we're very similar people so it's a lot yeah. easier um but when you're dealing with another species <laughs> or even a man or you know a mother or somebody in a different um you know age bracket they, they might have different you know ideas um so I think the second one is I have to be able to take up space. So I don't like feeling like, I don't like to feel controlled. So anytime, you know, I have to have a space where I can speak freely, I can change my mind and I can talk through and process my life out loud. Because I I think a lot of times to me, I feel like, you know, sometimes relationships can box you in. And anytime I feel like that, anytime I feel like I'm being controlled or boxed in, I'm very uncomfortable and I feel like I can't breathe. So that's a boundary that I've, and I don't even know if that's the right words for it. It's probably a better way to say it. But even when I'm at work, when I feel like I'm being like having to be a certain way and like when I feel like I have someone clawing at me or just like micromanaging me, I have to go, like, I can't, that's not going to work for me, Mm -hmm. you know, or either I have to have a conversation with my manager to say, Hey, this doesn't work for me. You know, if you give me, you know, idea of what you want, you have to give me the space to give it to you, you know, and even in other ways. So I think that that's, big. I can't feel like I'm in a box. That is not going to work. I just cannot. I don't fit in boxes. (laughs) I'm too big. I'm too big. (laughs) I got to stretch out. And then I would say having uh you know changing my mind because life is is meant to evolve and so even if I come into the real and I think that might go into the same thing of taking up space it's like I might go into this one way but I also and I and that's mutual like I I think when you go when you are in a relationship whether it's a romantic or platonic relationship you have to go in that not wanting to control that person but allowing that person to come and be who they are and change and morph and, and then be able to have a consistent enough con- communication place or space to where if you guys grow out of each other then you're having that conversation and you're moving on Yeah, and it's open. So I don't know if that's a boundary or if oh, it's it a boundary. just me and like what I intuitively feel. Like because my boundaries are more intuitive. Um, And I think they, they it can
1: be, yeah. That's completely normal, yeah. So you don't. Know, nobody should be able to control
0: you. No, no, I don't like that. I don't. I don't like that, and I think that's why I kind of, you know, I've, I've kind of created my own space of like spirituality and like what I what what aligns to me. I feel through my life, you know, like I feel through it a little bit because. I, I don't necessarily have the words, but I do know what feels right. Right. And I know what doesn't feel right. Yeah. And I'm learning to have the courage to be able to say, hey, this doesn't feel right. I feel anxious. I, I don't think this is the right space for me. Mm-hmm. And then taking the responsibility to, to A, have a conversation with whoever is creating that, that type of environment for me. And number two, leaving. Yes. Being done with it. That's the catch right there. Be, being we don't done. Do that. No because it, it's a the closer you
1: are the harder it is to do that mm-hmm. and you don't want to you don't want to let them go regardless of whatever kind of relationship it is right you don't mm-hmm. want to create some distance or some awkwardness
0: mm. but I, and even with a job yeah because jobs like a, if, and if you allow certain things to happen especially with a the job
1: they will put they in, will let you it's like oh well we did this last time and so
0: Mm-mm. and then the paycheck you know I have like these one-on-one calls with different people that I've met since I've been at my company and I was talking to this one guy Steven, super duper cool and um, you know I was telling him that like first of all titles don't mean ish like it doesn't it doesn't matter um, and I just lost my train of thought because I think this wine is kicking in. <laughs> Essentially, I was going to say that I had this conversation with Steven. and I said, you know, I feel like we sit on a lot of money because we are so ingrained in what we're supposed to do. You know, I work with people that have always, especially people of color, Black people in certain spaces, you do what you're supposed to do. And why is it that when you do what you're supposed to do and you still keep hitting these walls and you still like, what the F? Because maybe what you're supposed to do from a worldly standpoint is different from what you're supposed to do in your work from a spiritual space. Right. And so I think that we have to reorganize our minds to understand that our job is a means to an end. It's not there to fulfill our spiritual work. You know, our spiritual work is deeper. It may be within that company. It may be within what you're doing, but it may also be on the outside of it. And so we have to learn to look at what we do as a means to an end because our favor might be way bigger than a promotion or way bigger than that paycheck your other if you actually take a risk and go outside yeah you might have more money you might have more of what you want more everything it's out there but you're so stuck over here that you haven't (laughs) gone outside to see yeah absolutely So don't get caught up in the the titles. Don't get caught up in the paycheck. Just know that there's nothing these people do that you can't figure out. Because if something was to happen to you, they'll find a replacement. They always do. Oh, unless it's my job, that I'm like, y'all can't find somebody. Like, why y'all still calling? Hey, listen, they gonna get T.V. My girl, I'm not the only one. It's a hundred thousand people in this company. Y'all can't find nobody, girl. Oh, I wish they would find a replacement. There was some stuff that, like, some examples that I
1: thought was interesting. Um, like, for example, it says you have a right to expect that your partner will be honest with you if they break a relationship rule such as cheating and reevaluate mm-hmm. mm-hmm. the relationship. Mm-hmm that happens, it says you don't have a right to have a look through their phone for evidence or try to control mm-hmm. a right to privacy and autonomy. What's done in the dark come to light. It's so it's so interesting. So it, it and I think he even um emphasizes it emphasizes it more. Just because you do something or just because something happens still does not mean that the boundary mm-hmm. is crossed. Mm-hmm. You know, now saying, beginning, yeah, regardless of, again, any relationship, right? If this happens, like I can no longer tolerate this, mm-hmm. but using that and taking that a step further and saying, well, because you did this now, this is what I know. mm no, and I think no. some of us in work, uh, family relationships, mm-hmm. or romantic, we end up in situations like that all the time. Mm. You know, and there's a sense of feeling guilty. Yeah, and we don't feel
0: strong enough to like say no. This is my boundary. Mm-hmm. I think it's really interesting because um, there was I, I was looking at YouTube, and there were there was a, a, a YouTube video about open relationships, mm. and one person, the way she defined an open relationship, was not sexually, like going out and being promiscuous or not promiscuous, but like having multiple partners, promiscuous has a a negative connotation that I don't want to put out there. But I would say she, or at least the person in the video was saying that she defines an open relationship as having an open line of communication. So that if you have a partner that feels like I'm not feeling, I feel, I'm feeling attracted to somebody else. I would want him to be able to have that conversation with me before he goes. I would want that person to feel comfortable enough with our level of respect and our friendship and us having certain boundaries to understand, hey, my feelings and the way that I'm feeling, it affects my partner. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to have a conversation with my partner about it and that and, and us be able to talk through it to where either we're together or we're not together, but us to be able to have a conversation because sometimes... It's not necessarily that they don't love you or they don't want you. It might be something else going on and that's just a Band-Aid. But I would want that person to have... A, a open, an, I would want us to have an open enough relationship to where they don't, if they feel like they're going to cheat, that they would come to me and that they would have a conversation with me about it. Would do you, why do you think that people like won't do things like that? Because I think that they don't feel safe in their own relationships. Mm. You know, like I, I think it takes a lot of work and a lot of time to establish a relationship where somebody actually feels safe enough to to. And I like to say that, that. you. Use the word "state" Mm -hmm. is that just doesn't mean
1: physically, Mm -mm. emotionally, you know, mentally. Mm -hmm. Do you have the type of relationship where you can openly communicate with one another? One thing I love about my family is that we are we are very close. Everybody is comfortable to see Mm -hmm. how they feel Mm -hmm. like this is a you're not this is a judgment-free zone Mm -hmm. So if Mm -hmm. you have something to say, you know, this is it But I, I feel like the framework of that the foundation of that had had to be set Mm-hmm. for us, mm-hmm. you know, and even for my family, like, you know, there's some things that even still, you're, you're like, I'd never tell mom. Yeah. Or family, kids or whatever. Yeah. But I think if you can set that foundation, it plays a big role. Same yeah. With, like romantic, right? Mm-hmm. If you're not feeling safe, that's a big problem.
0: And I think it has something to do with like your own, how you feel about yourself. <laughs> Stacy. Yes. Yeah. Because cause, cause if I feel like I'm enough and I'm worthy and I'm worth it then I don't I don't need this person to be with me that's why this relationship with self that is every everything that is everything how you feel about yourself and that's why being single is such a beautiful space to be in yeah. because you can really tap in if you're want to be present in it like and that doesn't mean that you don't want to have a relationship or you don't date or you don't do all these other things but it just means that hey when I go home and I'm by myself I I am okay. I feel good. I feel whole by myself. So that I am not using a relationship to prove my worth. I'm not using a job to prove my worth. I'm not using a paycheck to prove my worth. I know my worth, independent of all those other things. So I can have a conversation with my partner and know that maybe this relationship needs to end and not feel like I am less valuable because that relationship end it. Do you feel like uh, technology,
1: especially mm-hmm. social media has made that harder for people mm-hmm. to tap into self-love?
0: I think it's that and I think there's a an, an immediate gratification. Like I think people don't necessarily want to do the relationship work I think that with, with themselves them, with themselves and with their partners because I think you know, now, especially when you think of uh, traditional relationships, you think of traditional roles within relationships. And it's like, people are looking for people to fill in these gaps and play these roles versus looking for somebody that is actually a cool person for them, you know, and that actually matches who they need, who they need and what they need. They're kind of looking at, Hey, this is goals. And it's somebody else's relationship, which is so silly to me. Like it's really. We <laughs> just tap into who you are yeah, Exactly. tap into who you are and then you will find the people that match what you need.
1: I will say like it, it took me not being on social media mm-hmm. and me just living mm-hmm. and being around my own space and mm-hmm. doing the things that I love to do to like really love myself mm-hmm. okay? and I think it's it's funny I, um, I I really feel like too especially in western society we're so big on identity mm-hmm. and I want this and, mm-hmm. this, and I'm this, and when you go to other countries um you notice that the, the way that they value life is mm-hmm. different mm-hmm. And i think it was funny i made a post on instagram talking about like sometimes how society they make you based on this these
0: structures you have a lot of pressure sometimes mm-hmm. to do certain things mm-hmm. and do 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 yes. yes do not be like nobody wants to be <laughs> Somebody responded and said, "Just, just be yourself. Be yourself, and
1: that's I all." I had a problem with that response. Mm. I was like, that, that's easy to say, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: but like actually, no, it is true. Mm-hmm. Be yourself. It's so basic and cliche, but it's real. Just, but it's hard to tap into who you are. So I was going to ask you,
1: like, when you, like, what are some things that you do to kind of help, like, keep yourself grounded to who you are? Mm -hmm. Some best practices you could share.
0: That I do. Mm -hmm. So I can always tell when I start forgetting, because that's when my anxiety triggers. I've always been very high anxiety because I've always been in very competitive environments, whether it be academically or sports so I learned to be, I learned to live in high anxiety. And it wasn't until I learned to breathe in college because I used to have anxiety attacks like where I couldn't breathe. And so um, I, we had a psychologist on my my basketball team and she taught me how to breathe. And I didn't realize I wasn't breathing correctly. And so and now as an adult, this anxiety is one of those things that doesn't go away. It's never going to go away, but you just find ways to deal with it. Right. And so, what I've learned is that my anxiety comes from a lack when I don't feel like it's enough. Like, and I get into that space a lot where, dang, I'm not doing enough. Mm-hmm. I'm not giving enough. I'm not enough. It's not enough. It's not enough. I gotta go harder. Go go harder. Go harder. And when I get to those spaces, I know first of all, I know that I'm enough. I know I have enough. So I have to go and remind myself, okay, I am enough. I have enough. And then I have to breathe, I have to breathe. So sometimes I just have to sit, breathe, and get very present and listen to the sounds in the room mm-hmm. and just listen to my heartbeat and appreciate and understand that I have a day, yeah. I have a breath. And that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And so that kind of can bring me back down immediately. So if I'm feeling that I know I need to breathe because I can feel, so I need to breathe. I need to remind myself that it's gonna be okay. And that I have I have what it takes. And i now, before I used to, do I have what it takes? No, I have what it takes. Mm-hmm. Like I don't question that. Any room, anything that I, anywhere that I am, I'm worthy, I'm worth it. I have what it takes, period. Now, my consciousness, my ego, if you want Eckhart Tolle, if you read any of The, the Power of Now, um, was one of the most transformational books for me um, because it talked about the ego. And the ego would tell you you're not enough, but you have to know that you are enough. You, the spiritual you, the you that at the end of the day, when you're gone, when your body is gone, that you. You have to tap into that and know that you have enough time, mm. you have enough, you are worthy, and that's it. So I think for me, I have to remind myself in ways that I remind myself, breathing, sitting still, working out, um, and sometimes being by myself, but a lot of times being around other people. Because I think that me and you are similar in that oh, we yes. can be by ourselves. And sometimes that's not a good place. Sometimes we... have <laughs> to <laughs> so I'm isolated. Yeah, like, it's yeah. not good. It's not good. And I also like my, I would call my parent. Like I'll call my mom or I'd call my dad. I talk to, I talk to my dad every day. I talk to my mom most days. And um, sometimes like, especially when my dad, like he knows that when I'm not busy, then I get existential. Mm. So I'm like, it's, what is life? Like life is not. <laughs> And so I think what I, I still have so much to learn, you know, I'm still an open book. I still have so much to learn, but what, when I, what do I do? What do I do? And what do I need to do when life is not like this? (laughs) Because I'm used to life being like this. When life slows down, how does Stacey deal with that? And I'm learning that part of what it takes is just to sit back, breathe and know that's going to be okay. You know, because I get afraid of like, losing things. Losing people, losing money, losing friendships and things. You get into that space. Yeah. So I just have to sit back and know that this thing is beyond me. It's working the way it's supposed to work and it's going to be okay. And sometimes it's talking to other people mm-hmm. who are also going through stuff. Talking to my parents who have been through stuff and are still going through stuff. Yeah. And just getting oh, outside and understanding, like, listen, we're, life is meant to be lived. It's not meant to be perfect. It's meant to be lived. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to do the wrong things. We're going to F up. And guess what? That's why we came here. (laughs) That was the point. This this is what you're meant to be scarred. You, we, we got these bodies, these physical bodies to push ourselves and to try different things. I, let's say the Lord ain't through with me yet look I do the wrong things <laughs> like I think I said on the podcast I was like I just look at my wrist I got time today sometimes I have time sometimes you don't and sometimes I don't but when I have time that's when I say the wrong thing or I get in and it, done, it ain't even worth it yeah you know but that's what we supposed to do that's why we came here so I don't know if that that's like a long I am very long-winded that's a very long-winded way to answer your question but I would say that ultimately it's just tapping in and making sure you understand that life is meant to be lived right. that it, it's it's meant to be hard
1: so i think that there is there's some levels here there's number 1 like setting a relationship with yourself mm-hmm. you, if you can't keep promises to yourself or respect yourself mm-hmm. or you know making sure that you're giving yourself space your glass is full exactly then creating a relationship of rights for other people to abide by mm-hmm. it's going
0: to be
1: a difficult process mm-hmm. I mean, obviously that, that, that's that is first step. fundamental Um, and then after that you know setting those 10 things like what is important to you based on your values mm-hmm. what is something that you would like to make sure that um, your partner knows about you or whomever mother, father, whatever kind of relationship to make sure that you are being being able to be who you are mm. unapologetically mm. without asking for permission. Yeah, you know,
0: yeah. yeah. Oh, that's good. Because I find that a lot. I find you know, sometimes I think people put things out there, whether it be social media or whatever, it's like I did this, I did this, I did this, but it's it's because they're seeking. That validation externally.
1: I always ask people, I say, okay, so I don't care that you have this many degrees or you're this title or this or however many companies you own. Like, how are you?
0: How are you? What's going on? And most people can't answer that question. A lot of people can't answer that question. Or
1: they they push it down, Mm -hmm. right? Because they're filling it up with other things, external, external validation. Mm -hmm.
0: Like Mm -hmm. sometimes you have to turn off
1: all the noise mm-hmm.
0: and really listen who are you after all that's gone exactly mm-hmm. would you, you take, all take all that all away because you came to this world with nothing. without it but naked. but booty but booty <laughs> girl but you know what that's so beautiful that's what's so beautiful about kids Mm. That's what's so beautiful about young people, and they look at the, they're so innocent. Mm-hmm.
1: How they look, how they play, and I, this is like, it's unapologetic. As adults, we let society make us so harsh. Mm-hmm. We have to do this. We have to. Uh, why? It's so structured. It is. It's super structured. Mm-hmm. I refuse and I'm not rebel. I, I don't care. As as many people as I touch or mm-hmm. I talk to, I'm gonna make sure that you don't have to feel that way. No. You don't have to look the influence of that and sometimes it's harder,
0: mm-hmm. you know. You don't have to stay in that toxic relationship. You don't have no. anybody talk to you. So Hell no. No. Listen, I was on look, I I find that and this is what my challenge is going to be to myself is to like I spend so much time working and I've you know the, that a lot of my examples come from like that space but you know I'm going to challenge myself to have other examples but um but I was on this call and it was a women's network call which I stopped doing women's networks because that's a whole nother podcast <laughs> And it was both of them were Asian women. And so they were both talking about these experiences they had with white women, you know, and how they were talking to them, being disrespectful. And they were asking, like, what's some advice? How do you do this? How do you how do you manage this type of behavior? And I was like, listen, you can't talk to me any cold kind of. Put 30 minutes on that calendar and tell them, listen, this ain't going to work for me. Yeah, I'm not your punching bag. Mm. And then other people go, like, well, you don't know where she went. To. Well, if she didn't have the capacity to come to work and respect her co-worker, she should have stayed her ass at home. <laughs> like, we not doing that. You have to be that strict about how people come at you. Period. Period. We all are grown. You don't scream at me. You don't act. You don't throw me under the bus and talk behind my back I'm going to address these things with you you know because I don't deserve to come to work and feel like this And this. but what I noticed is that culturally I think we as black people uh, black women I think we are more vocal mm-hmm. and I think that there are some other cultures where not everybody because I know some Asian people that be like listen don't do it like we're not going to do that and I know Candy shout out to Candy that's my girl she is a bull she like she i love her like love her but um there's there's sometimes culturally there is certain structures and systems that where women don't have as much authority or they don't feel as comfortable speaking out because they are taught that they are supposed to be submissive mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and and uh, and take stuff and mm-hmm. And I think, you know, in general, women across, you know, we are taught that we are to serve. And we, you know, we can't serve if our cup is not full. No. And we can't get our cup full if we don't have some level of boundaries. Don't let nobody no tell you uh-uh. what you deserve. Nope. How you should be treated. Nope. Yep. How you should be talked to. What she said. Nope. Don't
1: let them do it. Nah. Mm-mm. you set your relationship building rights yes for any type of relationship you have
0: and I think it's very important to understand that when you set certain boundaries some people not gonna be there yeah. Some people gonna go away. They're not gonna be there. But those aren't the people you want. Those people are just creating space for the right
1: people. Because
0: your, your boundaries is a door to your safe space. Mm-hmm. You That's sacred space. You can't
1: control who's gonna knock on the door.
0: Mm-mm. But you can control who's gonna come in. Exactly. This is what you're not gonna do. Damn straight. You're not gonna dirty this up. No. Listen, because you know what? Think about all of the work that goes into cleaning that space up once you let somebody come in and dirty it. Oh sometimes years. Years. Sometimes people never figure it out. They just live
1: with it. They live with it. Or they become a mat and they just feel like mm-hmm. this is supposed to from I've seen it happen from sister to sister, brother to brother, like family relationships, romantic. Friendships, like, why? Workships.
0: Why are you people like, in here having heart attacks at work?
1: Yeah.
0: Mm-mm. No. <laughs>
1: well, I did want to, uh, before we decide to close out, just kind of talk about different types of boundaries. So, mm-hmm. call it pacer. You have uh, your physical boundaries, which is your personal space and preferences for touch. That could be anything, including sexuality. Mm-hmm. Uh, affective boundaries, so your feelings and the ability to empathize without being mm-hmm. consumed. Mm-hmm. Cognitive boundaries, mm. your ability to hold your beliefs, your thoughts, your perceptions without thinking you must change them to fit mm. around, the room around you. Mm-hmm. Environmental. Mm. So your stuff, mm. space,
0: okay. your time that you share as you choose. I thought she was about to say global warming. <laughs> Relationships. <laughs>
1: boundaries of whom you choose to spend mm.
0: your time with. Mm. And this is your choices. Yes. These are not you you have the power unless you give it away yes you know and and and, and that's what you know <sighs> I don't want it to come off like we are preaching because it's not. It's like we are processing and we are going through what we gone Like we've gone through stuff and we are, are still going it. through it. Yeah. And we have to, we have to remind ourselves of our boundaries and stuff too. So we are in this together. Wildflowers, we are in this together. So
1: some tips guys, boundaries are selfish. They're good for your health, your well being, as for others. They help you strengthen your relationships and uh can make you feel safe other people feel safe they also can help foster uh intimacy with Mm -hmm. connections outside Mm -hmm. of just like you know physical yeah just Mm -hmm. like being close to somebody um you don't have to feel guilty right it's like eating vegetables is a healthy choice so you wouldn't feel guilty that no um tune into your needs it's nearly impossible to set boundaries when you don't know what you need to practice self-care so thinking about like your thoughts what how do I feel what do I need right now mm. in this moment? or just in general um, when you have a better sense of what you need it's easier to set boundaries mm-hmm. it's practice so I think boundaries is it's a skill that you have to develop Not that's something I'm learning it's not mm. it's not just oh I don't have boundaries no like, it's not a light switch are you actually when somebody knocks on that door are you abiding by the boundaries mm-hmm. that you set and when they're not what are you doing mm-hmm. it's practice be kind to yourself too so it's like learning anything new mm-hmm. you're Going to sometimes not do well mm-hmm. or struggle, and that's okay. Give yourself compassion, um,
0: and don't expect yourself to be perfect either. Uh, I think this was a great conversation. I think I think it's something that we'll have to revisit in, in other, and I think we will revisit it in other ways because it's it's something that's so paramount to any relationship that you have. And, and in I, like, if anything, I want to leave with just knowing that you guys aren't by your yourself in in trying to navigate this stuff. (laughs) That's why we thought it was valuable. It was valuable to us. And that's why we wanted to um, make sure that we, We shared it because I know for me, um, over the years, it's been something that I still continue. I I have the, the disease to please sometimes and put other people before myself. And I'm learning to I'm learning to just give people the overflow and make sure that my cup is full. And I'm understanding now how boundaries affect that my cup being full. Right. Yes.
1: Mm -hmm. I love that. some of these uh, tips for boundaries as well as some questions on the Instagram as well as
0: podcasts. Hey. If you don't follow us on Instagram as wildflower.pod uh, wildflower podcast with Indy and Stacy. you can check out some of those questions and kind of help. Yes. That yes. All right, guys. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Wait, we have to leave with something positive. Uh, we got to leave with something. You're right. Boom, 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 boom. Tell me what what you want to do, I ain't no where to hide when judgment comes for you, cause it ain't I'm gonna miss everybody, and I'm gonna miss everybody, I'm on the phone something, Hey, that is...